Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Hello, dear friends. I'm your head mister, Lord Stephen Gearhart. And I am your co-mister, the man with no name, Lance Wayne. And together we are the misters of the... the Uh, Let's try it again. The misters of the... the, 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 Lance! The misters of the dark! Don't shut up! Whatever. Join us wherever you stream your favorite podcasts or go to mistersofthedark.com where we'll be discussing all things horror from films and books to everything in betweensies. We also have the occasional victim. (laughs) I mean, guest. (laughs) Only on the Fearscape Mania Network. <laughs> Shut up, Lance! Oh, I always get the last laugh. Kids Kids playing above something and above something unknown flies over and disappears. People driving at night, seeing huge creatures cross the road. People waking up to find their cabinet doors ripped open in their kitchen. Strange things happen every day around the world and seemingly at the same time and area. But are these occurrences connected? This, this is, is what we are here, here to explore, explore and are trying to understand. Join us on our journey, Join to, us uncover on our journey to uncover what we call the, the Convergence, Convergence Enigma. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Convergence Enigma with Josh and Stefan. I am your host that's sitting at the end of that title, Stefan Gearhart. Uh, and I am joined, as always, by the man that will apparently live in infamy before me uh, on the title, Mr. Josh Rutledge. How are you, sir? Yeah, I don't know if I want to live in infamy. Think of all the things that live in infamy. I don't know that I want to be in that group. Yeah, I'd rather live in Fanta, like Orange Fanta specifically, because I bet you it would be tasty and the bubblies would feel good. I bet you, like, you could probably do some sort of a burial in Fanta. Like, you know, maybe, you know, when I was a kid, um, like, what a. <laughs> I used to dream, uh, I love Coke, uh, Coca-Cola, obviously. And I used to dream of having a pool full of Coca-Cola that I would swim in and drink while I swam. Cause we didn't get it very often, like, but it was my favorite. I mean, I, so. I like certain drinks as well. And I could imagine having a pool to drink from, but I don't know that I want to swim and then drink what I swam in. Hey, you do you bro. I'm going to do me. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, anyways, yeah. uh, Josh, we got a really, really fun show tonight. Again, uh, if you guys are tuning in, wondering what's going on, uh, just a reminder, we switched gears and evolved the show. The show is no longer Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. We are now the Convergence Enigma, focusing on all of those paranormal and high strangest things and how they all just kind of converge together and are possibly one in the same that is what we are on the path and have been for quite some time and we are trying to figure that out yeah. uh you can always go to the convergence enigma.com for more information uh but like i said great show tonight we've got another guest alum on the show tonight uh we had you know jeremy mcgowan on last week uh we've got author jim schmidt uh, author of that really crazy good book the way of existence we've got him on tonight to seek in- we're doing some seeking answers again. We're looking into dimensional shifts with our friend, Jim Schmidt. We brought him on because, I mean, if you've read his book, yeah, you know all did. about them dimensional shifts, bro. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you, if you remember back to the interview when we first had Jim on, you know, his first book um, is about a past life regression. And so, you know, each book will be about different um, past life regressions that he's had. Um, and, uh, you know, what better explanation is there than shifting dimensions as he kind of you know in the first book he talked about kind of like these uh these layers of worlds with the physical world the world that everybody that we exist in right now being the bottom layer 
So it's, you know, like the dimensional shifts. So yeah, it's, it's, it ought to be a really good conversation. I mean, you know, uh, as we have talked about many times, not just on here, but on our uh, YouTube show, Astral Stew, which uh, last week we dropped a new episode, uh, which you should absolutely check out talking about uh, astral love and alien love and, and just all the fun Valentine's Day, February type stuff. But we get deep into it, man. Like we talk yeah. about hybridization and like basically Stockholm syndrome uh, within that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's was- super interesting. And, you know, you could find that at um, our YouTube channel, just youtube.com slash Fearscape Media. Look for Astral Stew playlist and uh, check that out. Um, and good news, Josh, we are going to be premiering March 1st the astral stew podcast now don't get excited these aren't two different things (laughs) but you know we've been asked by a number of of youtube watchers and a lot of our listeners if we could go ahead and make those into audio and make those into podcast episodes so we have gone and done that and so uh all 14 episodes that are available right now on youtube will also be available uh on anchor and spotify as well as fearscapemedia.com uh, available as a podcast. Yep. So yep. you'll definitely so. want to check that out. You know, we're finally helping Santosh get a po- podcast out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, his voice needs heard. Teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork does make the dream work. No, uh, you guys, I know you guys love Santosh as much as we do, and this is just another thing to do. That way, you can listen to Astral Stew while you're while you're doing busy driving or whatever. That way, you know, you can't always look at stuff, and not everybody can afford YouTube Premium. That's, yeah, that's all right. I'm saying. Yeah. All I'm saying so uh, but anyways yeah like I said we got dimensional dimensional shifts we talk about that a lot on Astro Stew and here so be interesting to see also sneak peek I've heard that Jim Schmidt is working on a new book so that's kind of interesting um, I'll be super pumped whenever that comes out man cannot wait anyways Josh let's get moving on to our uh, as always our premiere segment of the week as usual which is psychic word of the week and now, the psychic word of the week. Psychic word of the week, as usual, comes from the Junji Bletzer, PhD, rest in peace, honey bear, uh, from her book, The Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary. It came out in the 80s. I flipped through the pages, Josh. I landed this time on, um, where'd it go? Uh, page 519. Uh, and the first phrase, the first term that I saw when I looked down and I'm like, this needed to be an 80s cartoon is hmm. pyramid power. Pyramid power. Pyramid power. I'm pretty sure that's like at least one entire season of Ancient Aliens. That and, uh, you know, a whole like season finale of Thundercats for Mumra. Yeah. Um, But pyramid power here uh, comes from the Greek uh, term for fire and near the center, which essentially uh, fire in the center. I didn't know that that's a pyramid. That's interesting. Uh, Anyways, uh, this says a special condensed energy found inside every pyramid made according to the exact scale of the Great Pyramid at Giza. This energy follows the pattern or seed potential of the objects placed within it, bringing that person or object closer to its intended perfect state. Some items are enhanced and others are preserved when placed within the pyramid form. Pyramid must be aligned with one side to the true north. A special condensed energy is found about one third the way from the bottom that makes changes in the uh, animate or inanimate things when placed within the pyramid. Energy also emits from the apex of the pyramid. Material from which it is made is insignificant as long as it is to exact scale. A framework construction works as well as a solid form. Length of time articles should be kept under the pyramid or on top is still in the experimental state. Oh man, Junji Bletzer, why did you have to pass away? Because I want to know if it's still (laughs) in the experimental state. I mean, I, I really do feel like that this is kind of, you know, when they talk about and, you know, the ancient astronaut theory. And, and I mean, I've heard of other places where they talk about the pyramid being like these, you know, ancient batteries and power oh, generation yeah. centers and all that kind of stuff. And well, how even even in finding, Payton, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, now we're finding pyramids, you know, other places around the world. And 
it would make sense that if they are batteries in fact and they're being charged somehow by the earth even that you know they exist other places so go ahead pagan <laughs> well i was just gonna say pagan new age we use pyramids quite a bit um if you ever go to any like new agey or pagan stone shop or um uh uh, ju- not jewels, uh, what's the other word? Gemstones, crystals. store There's crystals or whatnot. You'll find a lot of them cut and carved into pyramids, into the exact scale of the Great Pyramid because they are meant to be powerful. Um, I well, know Santosh has a number of them. I've got one or two. And yeah. when, we had, when we had Alan on a, a few weeks back, he talked about, um, I think it was Alan, doing some ritual where he, sit, where he sat under a copper pyramid yes and then i think you even sent us or maybe you or santosh sent our little group um a, a thing from tiktok that had a you know i like could doing some kind of weird thing underneath a copper pyramid so yeah I mean, <laughs> why not i mean now june says that the material is insignificant though i i tend to disagree with that but this was the 1980s when she wrote this and you know maybe now we know better that quartz works really really well or copper apparently works really really well um but yeah very very interesting pyramid power but the one thing that's odd is that it's she says it's got to be the exact specifications to scale as the great pyramid and i don't know that the pyramids we're finding around the world even now uh, uh, match those, but they're at least, I would say, similar. Um, I wonder if it has to be, so, you know, the, the dimensions of the pyramid are mathematically, sign- like, they're yeah. within, you know, they're within, like, you know, a quarter of an inch, right? So right. I wonder if it's really not so much that all the dimensions are to scale, but they're just their preciseness is is that high, right? Yeah, so. maybe, man. I, I don't know. It's, it's all... It's all very interesting, that's so, for sure. So, uh, you know, just all those people that break into houses to steal their copper piping, they're just making energy pyramids. That's all, that's all oh, they're doing. Dude, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that. That would be super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, take it. Just send me the video, man. <laughs> I mean, that would be super rad. Uh, but anyways, yeah, thank you, Junji Bletzer. As usual, what would we do without you? That's for sure. Uh, but all right, Josh, let us get to our next segment, which is uh, coming up here right before we get to Jim Schmidt to talk about dimensional shifts, which is, Josh, I got some weird spooky news, man. All right, Josh, I got got some spooky news here for you. Uh, This one comes from the Daily Star in the UK. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the Daily Star might be equivalent to the National Choir here. I'm uh, mostly because the um, the headline here, which just simply states that alien lizards are ruling the planet, according to thousands of millennials. So, um, oh, you know, all the boomers are saying, well, they didn't get their they got their participation trophy. You shut up, alien lizard overlord. <laughs> they know you. They know what's going on. And uh, Gen Xers, we already knew our parents were alien overlords this whole time. Anyway, that's right. Just took a while for millennials to kept, catch up. I mean, it was that movie even, you know, the kid's mom was from Mars. Remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, here's what this says. Exclusive. A poll found that 12 percent of people uh, between the ages of 24 and 35 believe that the world is being ruled by lizards in human form, including the royal family and all the presidents. Uh, more than one in 10 millennials reckon that the world is controlled by lizards in human form. This poll uh, was done. Uh, this poll was found 12% of those aged 24 to 35 said they believed in the reptilian conspiracy theory. The idea championed by former BBC presenter and Hereford United goalkeeper David Icke states that shape-shifting reptilian aliens have ruled the earth for centuries. Uh, He claims that rulers, including American presidents and members of the royal family, are really reptilian humanoids who control and manipulate human societies for their own gain we know david ike we've talked about him with alan greenfield he's got supporters in nearly 50 countries and regularly gives lectures uh, about his belief system to crowds up to 6,000 followers and even more sometimes uh this study 
Uh, this was done by 2000 Britons, uh, was done by topcasinobonus.com. Oh, there's a legit site. Um, and it found that the millennials were the age group that most likely believed that the world was controlled by alien lizards, which is interesting. You, you think the boomers, which oddly enough, 55 and older were the next biggest group that were convinced by the idea. So, uh, you know, so the one person they, they, um, they talked to Andy Unsworth, who's 28, uh, he said he was open to out there uh, ideas. He said, although it sounds absolutely bonkers, that when you look at the world now, you could be forgiven for believing that we are being run by a bunch of lizards. I mean, the world is in turmoil and our leaders just seem to get away with anything and everything. Look at Donald Trump. Look at Boris Johnson. The limp, the list goes on. And I got to agree, um, man. Is this was crazy? That a, was that a Freudian slip there? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> Um, so. But no, you know, what really makes me, uh, I don't know, the, the idea that look at the world, it's gone crazy. How does that relate to lizard people? Like, why not, I don't know, fish people or, you know, one theory that or, I read once on lizard people is that they are the reason there's global warming is because they can't stand the cold and so they need the world to get warmer and warmer and warmer and that they are just getting the world ready for lizards to take over so it's like that movie with uh the arrival yeah with the you know with the aliens that trying to terraform or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i I can see it I can see it too, man. Uh, anyways, yeah, craziness exists out there, whether it's crazy or not. I, you know, we all say crazy, but then one day, like in V, you know, Joe Biden's going to rip his face off and you're going to see a lizard underneath there and you're going to be like, well, whew, millennials were right. So <laughs> anyways, Josh, if you are ready, I'm ready. Let's get talking dimensional shifts with Jim Schmidt. All right, Jim Schmidt, thank you so much for coming back on author of The Way of Existence. Thank you so much for coming back on the uh, now newly improved The Convergence Enigma with Josh and Stefan. Man, it's been almost a, over a year now since we've like got to really, really talk since then. How, how have you been, sir? Um, busy, very busy. Um, I wanted to have the second book done by now. It is close, but uh, my employer, like so many others, is having trouble getting enough help, and I've been on 10 hour days for about uh, over three months now and uh the book was uh coming along nicely until then and uh it's, it's a delay you know oh yeah you got to do to get through this right yeah well, everybody you know, I... everybody's been having to deal with delays you know but i'll tell you what some of these shows that you know had to get on delay because of covid and things like that were well worth the wait as i know this yeah. this book will be as well yeah i mean i was gonna say the same that it's you know at least you decided to kind of put it down until you had the time to really focus on mm-hmm. kind of finish it out uh, the right way because I think so many people would just be like ah, you know I'm 25 pages left let me just jot some stuff down and send it over to, to <laughs> let to me just it. put to be continued yeah. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> dot, this is dot, a part dot, one you know, book so. <laughs> it's a duology <laughs> but um, so yeah tonight I wanted to if we can um, and I know Stephanie you teased it up in the beginning but really we want to talk a little bit about some kind of you know, dimensional shifts. And so one of the things that I wanted to tie back into when we had you on, we talked about your first book, The Way of Existence. And the way you kind of set that stage up for us is that your first book was uh, a, a, um, a telling or an account of um, a, a, a previous life that you had had. Mm-hmm. And you kind of described it uh, at the time of being like uh, these layers of uh, existence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, between the realms or the worlds or whatever. And you could almost say that, you know, between dimensions uh, potentially as well. And so, yes, you know, I think absolutely. it really ties into what you've got going on there in your books around those kind of mm-hmm. dimensional shifts. And I got to say, Jim, your idea of those layers really changed our whole perspective on how we mm-hmm. view a lot of stuff still to this wow. day. It's something wow. that we talk about and it's yeah. changed how we view those ideas. Great. Awesome. Yeah, um, literally, um, the 
the the first book and this uh, second book, they actually do take place, um, I would say, around the Earth in the fourth dimension. And at the end of this book, <clears throat> the character um, transitions from the fourth dimension into the third dimension. And if I remember correctly, your dimension, the dimensions that you describe in your books, um, the, the, the lower in number, the closer you're getting to the physical space on Earth that, that we all are existing right. in at this point in time. Right. Mm -hmm. So is one is one that lowest number or is it zero? Um, no, it's three. The third dimension. Oh, three. OK. Yeah. So uh, well, that makes sense in in the uh the first book and the, the second book the character is in what you would call the uh, fourth dimension also what a lot of people call the astral plane and uh at the end of this book uh the, the person transitions to the third dimension which is this person which is actually the beginning of, of this life um yeah I mean, so the the first and second book actually describe the life well a lot further back but yeah the majority the bulk of it uh, describes the life immediately preceding this one for me okay okay that's okay. awesome man I, yeah i don't even have to say it but i'm in yeah <laughs> so you know one of the things that we've teased around a little bit about um you know and i've certainly something that i've been on and probably since you were last on you definitely inspired this line of thinking for me um is that um, a lot of these things, and, and I, I'll use the, the description of um, what's kind of depicted or shown in Con the Constantine movie with Keanu Reeves, Great movie. where, you know, where he, uh, where both heaven and hell are simultaneously existing alongside of our physical space. And so mm -hmm. it's really just a matter of, of, of a shift of perspective to see uh, one or the other. Um, yes. and, and although I don't necessarily personally believe in heaven or hell, I like the idea that there are these dimensions that are currently existing alongside of these of the of the space that we are inhabiting and, and experiencing reality in. But there there may be creatures or beings that make up our folklore that also exist in these places. And yeah. you know, rare occasions in history we snapped a glimpse of a fairy in another dimension and then right. that spawned into existence our you know lore around fairies and there's a lot of theory that jinn mm -hmm. inhabit all dimensions like they're able to just flow from dimension yeah. to dimension right <laughs> yeah it's funny you mention that um i have an interesting story about that if you remind me to talk to you about it later <laughs> uh, there's just not time on this podcast to talk about that <laughs> but um yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I have to agree with everything you guys say. Um, <clears throat> the um, I, I would say when when you say you don't believe in heaven or hell, I would say um, uh, my understanding is that most people just they they kind of uh, you know the the traditional I want to put the air quotes up here the yeah. traditional definitions of heaven and hell. It, to me, even when I was like a child, um, learning about God and religion and things like that, I, I never thought that God was really an old man who lived on a cloud. I always thought that it yeah. wasn't a representation. Uh, so that these understandings that uh, people had, it was kind of like people struggling to understand things the best that they could kind of like when uh you know the aliens came to the world and they thought they were gods you know things right. like that yeah. um it was people were struggling to do their understand as yeah. best as they could yeah, we, we we process you know we we've talked about it a lot we've had different guests on i'll always credit back Stefan because he was the first person to, to bring it up on the show you know the mm -hmm. idea that um when the Europeans first landed um, in what is now, you know, the American continent, um, that the Native Americans that were here likely didn't even see the ships because they couldn't process in their minds what what they were what they were experiencing, and yeah. so it might have appeared to them that these people just kind of came out of the sea uh, and, and appeared in front of them. And so, you know, you, you know, you're absolutely right when you when you think about 
how we process things and how we um, rationalize them. And, and really, uh, I read something once that the the brain is constantly trying to protect us from, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, going insane. And so the brain will create these fabrications, if you will, uh, of the truth in order to protect us and, and protect our psychic, uh, or not psychic, but our, our, our psyche. Mm-hmm. So it really makes you wonder, you know, how much of these things that we see as birds are not birds, but we see them as birds because our brain interprets that in order to protect us. So. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even, I, that's a new one for me, Josh. You wouldn't think that the birds could just be fae or, or some sort of spirit entity or or something along those lines. Yeah, you just never think about that. And yeah, that concept that um, I always talk about came from What the Bleak Do We Know, which is a really great old school documentary on um, quantum stuff and craziness um but yeah you know and then the question comes i mean then you you get even into weirder situations right if we start talking about multiple dimensions right if we start talking about alternate dimensions and all these things like are there then you know if we look at just the seven layered dimension right and if we flip it this way other than dimensions that are alternate of each of those dimensions my mind just i just exploded my own mind i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I think I think you get into a little bit of the you know the kind of multiverse uh, mm-hmm. theory there, mm-hmm. and so it, it would it would imply that um, if 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 we if we adopt multiverse as a viable uh, theory, and uh, if we <clears throat> adopt that there are multiple multiple dimensions, then that means there are multiple dimensions within each multiverse, right? So or you've vice got like versa. a Multi- right. multiverses in each, each dimension, multi- right? So yeah, it, it definitely. Uh, becomes a mathematical problem very quickly (laughs) yes i will say that my experience goes back millions of years several million years over many dimensions and two different planets and i consider my experience extremely extremely limited i know very very little and you're right there there are so many dimensions and so many uh you know like things you're talking about the the amount of of what's out there is tremendously huge well and then how often so that you know the the topic itself is dimensional shifts right so how often is that happening how often is let's just say us as human beings here in this dimension how often are we shifting dimensions uh, whether it be by accident or on purpose you know the mandela effect is super huge right now because that's a big theory there is that some of us have shifted or the dimension shifted around us depending on which group you're a part of Mm -hmm. it's like how how often do we do that without even noticing if the alternate dimension is so similar i like uh what the there's a hindu saying that says we are controllers, but we are not the ultimate controllers. So we affect reality, absolutely, but there are greater powers than us who are controlling the big things, okay? So yeah, you can have whatever you want for lunch tomorrow, but um, really big things, they're, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna say that you can't change the world, one person can't change the world because you can, but, uh, there are certain things where, you know, you just got to let go and, and admit that there are powers greater than us, you know? Yeah. So I, I read a, I can't remember what book it was, but I was reading a book and they were talking about um, how uh, each individual person, um, when you um, have a thought or uh, make a decision or present it with a choice, that every time as an individual that happens, you shift dimensions. Everybody else that also has those things happen, they shift dimensions. Uh, so we're constantly, our reality is constantly shifting dimensions. It's just doing it in such a way that we don't recognize or understand that it's happening. I think to me that would be more like shifting the the like the parallel worlds mm-hmm. kind of aspect of it yeah but dimensions is more like uh third fourth fifth things like that as far as the physical dimensions go there are there are definite like shifts in the rules of physics uh between like the third and the fourth and the fifth mm-hmm. dimension mm-hmm. um 
even like uh, in the fourth dimension. Now there is something called intrinsic spin, okay, um, in subatomic particles. Um, only things that are like the size of an electron and smaller have intrinsic spin. Things larger than that do not have intrinsic spin because they're too big. Uh, the fourth dimension is rolled up. It's very small. I don't know if you've ever heard of that idea. And mm -hmm. things larger than an electron just are too big to have intrinsic spin. Now, the, the characteristic with intrinsic spin is if you take, a, say, like an electron uh, or a photon and you spin it 360 degrees, it's intrinsic spin. If it was plus before, it will now be minus. But if you continue to spin it another 360 degrees, it it, it will go back to its original um, intrinsic spin. Wow. Um, and that's because in that fourth dimension to make a complete turn um you have to turn 720 degrees not 360. and um i, I once had a teacher who used to um without getting into details he uh explained to us that sometimes when you're uh, dreaming or on the astral plane um you'll get lost because of that effect um you'll be walking and you think you're you turn around and then you turn around again, but you've only turned 360 degrees and you're lost. You, this doesn't make sense. But he said, just keep turning another 360 degrees and you'll be back where you were. Um, so that's an effect that shows itself both in subatomic particles and in the astral plane when you're dreaming. Again, um, a big theme that I keep pushing is people always want to push this big disconnect, like science and spirituality are enemies, yes. um, and they're di they're diametrically opposed. Absolutely not. Um, here you see that uh, the same phenomena occurs both in subatomic particles and both when you're astral projecting or dreaming, um, where you have the, and it makes sense to me that there would be more space, because I'm not sure if last time we talked about um, also on the astral plane or when you're dreaming. The present moment, the now moment, is wider than in, it is in the third dimension. It's wider in the fourth dimension. That's why people will dream about people who have recently passed or things that may soon happen because that present moment is wider there than it is here. Mm. So kind of like wider in space, wider in um, time. And then um, I'm not sure if we talked about this, but in... I do know that in certain Buddhist and Taoist sects, they say that halfway up through the fifth dimension, all boundaries between time and space disappear. And humans have consciousness that go up like halfway through the seventh dimension or something like that. I'm, I'm not, I don't recall exactly what it is right now. So because we have consciousness beyond that, that's why people can go in their mind and go back in time and forward in time. And you know, when you go forward, you see probabilities, possibilities, it hasn't happened yet. But uh, lots of interesting things there. Oh, you know, yeah. And, and it's, ahead, it's, I was just going to say, it's interesting you talk about that our consciousness expands up in, into those dimensions because that's something else that I've been really thinking about lately is the the idea that, you know, um, so so we talked about the astral plane. Of course, there's the whole idea of like astral travel and such that you can leave your physical body and take your spirit, your energy body, uh, and, and go and explore the astral plane. But something that I've been really thinking about lately is that um, um, almost like a uh, like a rod, if you will, that extends up from the person. Uh, you can't see it, but that rod of light or uh, or, or whatever you, however you want to envision it, uh, almost like a spotlight point straight up in, in the sky, if you want to think of it that way, that the part of you that lives here in the physical body, it stays. Uh, but it's always connected to the part of you that, that exists in the astral plane and the part of you that exists in the plane above that and the part of you that exists in the plane above that and so on and so forth. And so whenever your physical body dies, that spiritual body just basically reconnects with the whole, uh, but it never lost that uh, connection with the whole in its entirety of its, of its physical existence. So when you astral travel, you're not actually leaving your body. You're just reconnecting or tuning into that part of yourself that right. always exists in the astral plane. Yeah, you're shifting your focus. Yeah. So um, what you were talking about, I, I did start seeing those when I was in, about in my mid-20s. To me, they didn't look light 
like light. They were actually looked looked like dark, um, like shadow mm-hmm. that came out of people's heads. Um, and it's not like when you die, um, like it another the other one starts or something like that. Or when you dream, you go connect with that. Um, both are going on simultaneously all the time. Yeah, and it's just that um, I kind of think of it as like when you're driving. Um, your physical life is happening out the windshield and then your dream life or astral life is happening in the rearview mirror and when you fall asleep or die you're just uh, shifting where you're looking that's all yep yep but they're that's both kind going of, on all the time it's good to hear because I, I I'm not off on the weird track somewhere so that's good <laughs> um, what I was going to mention was, uh, and we had, I think Josh, we actually talked about this a few weeks after Jim was on because we like every episode after he was on, we were just talking to people about this, um, was, uh, Madame Blavatsky's theory of seven planes, uh, and that egg shaped kind of idea that she has mm-hmm. that. And within those are subplanes as well, especially in her first dimension, um, which is the physical plane, uh, of the solar system, which she believes again, those are divided into seven planes. The second, uh, being the astral third being universal life, then cosmic energy, universal mind, universal soul, and then the auric egg. But what's interesting is when you get into her terrestrial planes, which is the ones within the first dimension, mentioned they're the ones that exist on earth i i love because she talks about um the first subplane being objective and it's really the plane of the senses so it's really just this idea of how we sense and feel things um but what's really funny is when she gets to the second one she talks about the astral so there's an astral subplane not in the astral plane which is really interesting as well but she says there she believed that things were reversed in this astral subplane as opposed to the big astral plane um but yeah blavatsky and her theosophy and all that it's just it's a it's heavy uh and it's a lot but it's it's really interesting and i just i love that idea of the cosmic egg (laughs) yeah like i said before there's a lot out there and there's just so much um you know what you were talking about i i've read some of that um me personally i've experienced very very little of that so i yeah. can't really speak to it mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with it but um it does seem like it fits with what i've experienced so far yeah and you know there was somebody that tied her subplanes uh to um almost uh, what a marriage should be because the subplanes can be broken down into consciousnesses like the terrestrial ones the first one being sensuous right that's how we are within you know the first bit of our our relationship with someone and then it's instinctual you're just doing what you feel like you need to do to keep that person and be with that person uh, and then it becomes this physiological thing um, you're you're thinking and feeling and and it just it's the right thing to do and then it becomes passion and then it moves to a point where it's this mental thing right you're you're staying together because you need to you're working on a relationship you're you're all sorts of things like that and then it moves to a spiritual place if you allow it to get there because there's a reason that you're here together and then the last one is just it just i've never seen a term they always just put x because it's just what's beyond that right maybe that's the afterlife maybe or whatever that's what happens after the fact if you stay together i think in the next life i don't know it's it's just <laughs> it's just you like you said there's so much theory out there um, it, not just in science fiction, you know, not just in comic books, which is where I get a lot of mine from, <laughs> but, you know, in uh, a lot of the new age theory that's out there um, from experiences like yours. Yeah, it's interesting you were talking about that. In the books, um, I actually do, uh, you know, in, in the first and second book, there are several different people that uh, I'm talking about. Now, in... In the third book, I'm probably going to go back before that and do a prequel. But in this life, um, I have met uh, several people that I knew before this life, which mm-hmm. I have heard is a crazy high number. Um, but um, I, I do actually, um, I have found uh, several people that I have known before this life. And um, it's... <sighs> it's in the book i kind of look at this because um in in the second the book that i'm finishing now um 
someone I knew actually asked me to find her and tell her about herself mm. because mm. her and I knew that she would not remember herself yeah. in this life again. And when I met her in this life, it's like I can tell she is like so close. She's so close to remembering, um, but she's not quite there yet. And I can't like I have I haven't really told her about her former self yet because um, she needed to be able to grow up and find her own identity and now she's married and has kids and she has kind of like a she is herself uh, and to do that uh, I knew this person a long time ago and uh, she was younger a young adult back then and it wouldn't really have been fair to that person to say this is what you are you know you can't do that have you yeah. had experiences where someone has recognized you quickly just as you've recognized them yeah um there have been a few people who have recognized me but um it's just in my experience it's never been quick um yeah most people i know for months um well one person yeah it was pretty quick uh within a couple months hmm. um but most of the time it's months or even more than a year um hmm. before you remember something or someone yeah it's quite fascinating and you know if you think about like i i am definitely a believer in reincarnation and, and moving from lifetime to lifetime and it's fascinating because we think as time itself being a dimension right um we are then shifting through dimensionals we're shifting through dimensions each time we we shift to a new life even if it's just right. in this timeline in this dimension if time itself is a dimension we are then dimensional right. travelers which is really right. interesting uh to think about well one of the i want to talk about a few ideas that i talk about in this book here quick before we run yeah, out please. of time um one of the main ideas i try to uh, talk about in this second book here is that just about everybody has you know all of the modern people um, have this mistaken um, belief that space is the foundation of physical reality and um, you know it, it's not consciousness is actually the foundation of physical reality consciousness energy um, and consciousness energy creates space, it creates matter within space. Um, and it's an, it's not a new idea, it's a very old idea, kind of like everything is the dreamer's dream, you know, but that's considered um, a superstition, um, you know, primitive belief, something like that. Um, you know, and when it comes down to it, we've been so thoroughly heavily conditioned that when people are faced with their own mortality or death or something like that, the big question is like, where does my soul go? Where am I gonna go after I die? Mm -hmm. You know, or if somebody says, you know, like, well, God exists. Well, if God exists, where is God? Um, it's all about space. And um, it's really not um, consciousness energy um, is the foundation of um, physical reality. Yeah, I think we talked about that in Astral Stew once. We talked about do, does consciousness take up space, right? We we talked about that. It's like could if you could measure consciousness, could, you know, 40,000 bits of consciousness fit into the same size box as 60,000. You know, it's like oh, but yeah. I and I think that we established that no, it 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 doesn't. It does it's not spatial like that it's not spatial yeah. well in fact uh, sorry go ahead i was just going to add that i think there's a philosophy idealism i think is what the one i'm thinking of that basically says that all of our reality that we experience right now is created by our consciousness mm. right and again it's kind of like the the hindu saying we are controllers but not the ultimate controllers so consciousness energy is like anything else um you know matter pools into planets um there's giant electrical storms in space uh water pools into oceans and, and rivers and things like that so consciousness energy like anything else pools together um in each of us as an example but somewhere out there there is a biggest you know deepest pool of consciousness 
And to me, in my understanding, that is what primitive people called, because they couldn't understand it any better than that, they call that God. But that is God, and there is just a biggest, deepest pool of consciousness energy out there. And it's not, you know, this big, you know, debate like, oh, does it exist or is it not? Or is there some old man who lives on a cloud that controls everything? <laughs> That's ridiculous, you know. But when you look at it like consciousness is just another form of energy and somewhere out there, there's just happens to be a biggest, deepest pool of it. And that's what we call God because we didn't understand it any better than that. So when we try to think of it as like an old man living on a cloud, it doesn't make sense. You know, it can't because that's not what it is. But when we think of it as just happens to be the, the biggest pool of consciousness energy, then things the way what we see around us makes more sense it kind of fits more with that so i'm going to go back to and this is not necessarily dimensional related but i mean i think at this point in time like we're like hitting about 65 percent of this show has been around dimensions but um <laughs> going going back to an old an old theory and an i don't know that i ever goody. yeah i don't know that i ever expressed it on on the podcast but Stefan and i've talked about it is um the uh, science knows that there is uh, um, dark matter and dark energy. Uh, they haven't figured out a way to measure it, but they know that it's there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, could those could the dark energy, dark matter, as as described, not dark in nature, but you know, just mm -hmm. they can't see mm -hmm. it. Um, right. Could those things actually be um, consciousness energy that is not uh, collected, uh, if you will, into uh, a host for, for lack of a better term could be i don't know but <clears throat> there was um there's a there's a very the another thing too is i was talking before about how people kind of like to divide all this out um and again uh, when we look at uh science and we're kind of measuring things and physicality and things like that we kind of exclude our own consciousness um and things like that but there's a, a Veritasium video. I'm sure you guys are familiar, familiar with Veritasium. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and it says, uh, the title of the video is Math Has a Fatal Flaw. And uh, it talks about how at the center of every system of mathematics, there's a hole. And uh, he mentions a few times in the video that the problem is always self-reference. And he talks about all of this stuff on and on. And because these these mathematicians, the scientists, are not looking for this because it doesn't fit their confirmation bias. They just ignore what math has been telling us for, and the math has been there for you know hundreds of years, and quantum math has been there for at least a hundred years. And he says it several times in the video. He says the problem is always self-reference, and self-reference does not equal consciousness, but self-reference is a representation of consciousness because self-reference requires that the thing must know about itself as part of the system so that is kind of like a basic simple representation of self-awareness and consciousness so all of our systems of math have been telling us for hundreds of years that consciousness is the foundation of reality and, and he talks about too then that you can always fix the problems of self-reference by tweaking the rules of your mathematic system a little bit and it kind of fixes it temporarily but then consciousness has to jump in there again and fix it again so it's telling us not only that consciousness is a foundation of physical reality but that consciousness keeps it going it keeps like the big clockwork ticking without consciousness it would it wouldn't work it would crash and if you look at the delicate physics of the universe it's amazing that it, it keeps going and it, so this it, is right go ahead finish your thought it, it was just kind of like the um like i was saying that it's this answer has been staring us in the face for hundreds of years yeah. but people just don't see it that way because it's not the answer they're looking for Amen. what i was going to say is it's interesting well you know when we sent out the the voyager um you know satellite that's now left our solar system and it has that uh, gold disc on it right that mm -hmm. if it encounters any intelligent life they can use to to find us and know about us and it's interesting that on that on that gold disc one of the commonalities or, or what thought is 
thought to be the universal language, if you will, is mm -hmm. math. Um, right. But um, you know, it, it really makes you, you know, what you just said really makes you think if, if really math is just the expression that we use uh, for expressing the consciousness, really, and and so math is just the tip of the iceberg, if you will, in in the matters of expression to to extraterrestrial life or or more intelligent life perhaps uh, math to them would be like uh babies cooing to us you know just it's that basic mm -hmm. level of, of of communication but really there's something much more uh in, um, deep than that mm -hmm. <clears throat> well and again too if you look at it the 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 point that i want to get across to people because i think last time I'm not sure. Uh, in my first book, one of the big messages I was trying to get out to people is that uh, so many people are waiting for proof of, you know, does God exist or not? Does an afterlife exist or not? And if you look at, again, quantum experiments, it's a choice. Um, do you, but the thing is, because we're in, in a complicated situation right now, we'll just leave it at that for now. We don't have time to go into it. Um, you have to choose actively choose to begin your spiritual journey um because if you just say well i'm gonna wait until there's proof one way or the other and you never do then the default choice is that you don't go on i mean you don't cease to exist immediately but you go down that path and it becomes really pretty difficult to change that course after this life mm -hmm. but and in this book um one of the big points I want to try to get across is that so consciousness, if it is the foundation of physical reality, we when you die, you don't have to sit there and think, where am I going? Um, if consciousness is the foundation of all reality, then you're already there. You're already mm -hmm. within the creator. You don't have to worry about, you know, Am I good enough to go to the good place? Am I going to go to a bad place or anything right. like that? You've always been within the creator always, and you don't have to worry about, you know, you're going this place or that place or anything like that. It's just the place. The place. Yeah. You're already there. The place. <laughs> so, uh, um, well, Jim, I, I know we've uh, got about uh, four or five minutes left. I wanted to give... Uh, maybe some folks some opportunities to uh find out you know where can they where can they get the first book uh you know do you have anything that they can you know check on the progress of the second book or get alerted if you know when the second book drops or anything like that and then anything else that you want to let the people know yeah i do have a website called um it, it, i abbreviated it i'm not going to make you type out the way of existence it's called twoebooks.com for the way of existence twoebooks with an s.com and you can pick up a copy of my first book there and you can leave your email address there there is a form for that and um, i will let you know when the second book is done like i said i'm struggling with it right now uh, working a lot of overtime, but um, it should be done this year. Uh, not not too much later this year, hopefully. Yeah, we definitely, listeners, highly recommend The Way of Existence. If you didn't pick it up last time, if you're a new listener, check it out. The link is in our summary, uh, whether you're on YouTube or Spot even Spotify, the link is clickable. So you can check out that link to get to that website and check that out, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, it really, I mean, it, it really did. Um, I mean, even right now, I can recall parts of the book that just, you know, really resonated with me and kind of uh, incorporated it into uh, kind of my own spiritual journey over the last, uh, you know, year, year or so. Yeah, I mean, I can honestly say that 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 interview in that book definitely was one of the ones that really started pushing us on our journey to hell to, to lead to the convergence enigma um, because it like I said it really changed the way we thought about stuff um, Great. I, I mean I still remember us talking about the different layers and how you pierce those layers and just all these different things and it's just um, uh, what a what a great uh, piece of work Jim that is just just and you know even just from uh, a standpoint of reading a cool novel yeah like it in itself is just really well done I really just enjoy it like just as a person who loves kind of sci-fi and things like that it just is great but knowing that there's all this real truth and theory behind it 
uh, makes it even better. Some of my favorite books, uh, nonfiction books, are written as fiction books. I'm an actor, an actor prepares uh, by Stanislavski. He wrote as a fiction. He teaches all these lessons. He does all these things um, through this this realm of this real experience he had, but he puts it in the hands of other people and stuff like that. Um, but I, I love this. Not to say that this is fiction because I, I don't believe so, but it's like just through a story, yeah. you get to learn all of these incredible theories and, and ideas. And it's just absolutely fascinating. And I'm so thankful yeah. for you to have shared that with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that uh, if we have a couple minutes here, I want to leave with you real quick. Yeah. If you guys are interested in shifting dimensions and we're talking about like the courses of people's lives and things like that, I have read in um, the Lotus Sutra. I don't know if you guys have ever read the Lotus Sutra. Yes, sir. Okay. In there, our, what I will call our Buddha, the Buddha that we had mm -hmm. 1500 years ago, is talking to Maitreya, uh, the Buddha who will be here in about 5,000 years. And um, he calls him a seeker of profit and fame and says that uh, to show the earth what Buddhism really should be, mm -hmm. he's going to get to the earth before him and so we can set a good example okay and he did this by taking a shortcut through space and time and dimensions and the way he did this was not with like technology or anything like that it was by the simple choices that he made and there are lots of collections of writings are called jataka tales um where the buddha lives and dies over and over again helping people um and he helps him in them in many simple ways but i remember one that stood out to me um and uh this person skipping the whole story and everything he says what is your point what are you trying to do and he said i'm trying to help all living beings find their way to heaven mm. and by doing that he took that that was it not technology not a meditative state not uh, some super secret by just um living trying to help beings find their way to heaven and of course the virtue energies which Taoism talks about a lot um he was able to take it just this massive shortcut through space and time and dimensions and get here 6500 years before <laughs> matria will you know wow it's amazing Wow. Well, uh, thank you very much, Jim Schmidt, the author, author of The Way of Existence, uh, an all-around smart guy. Thank you, Jim. And obviously, please, when the second book comes out, we'd, we'd love to know. talk yeah. about it. We'd love to have you back on. It is always a pleasure to have you on, sir. Great. Thank you. Again, Jim Schmidt, author of The Way of Existence. Uh, thank you so much, Jim. What an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. Uh, every time, well, it's, I guess it's the second time, but every time we've had him on, um, it, it's really given me a lot of food for thought. Uh, you know, I'll go off and, and uh, stew on this a little while. Oh, I know. And uh, like we even, I, I see you there with your astral stew joke. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, we barely hit the tip of the iceberg with Jim. Um, and so be on the lookout. Yeah. We, if Jim isn't just back here on the Convergence Enigma, you may pop up an astral stew. We may bring back Fearscape Unhinged just to have, yeah. uh, just go at it with Jim for two hours. <laughs> like you never know, yeah. man. Like Josh and I, we, we are nutso, man. We are absolutely nutso. Yeah. Certified. <laughs> Anyways, I got to say this before we get out of here, Josh. Um, you have been getting some amazing new t-shirts for our Fearscape Media store. Um, guys, you, you have no idea the coolness that is there. Uh, you can go to fearscapemedia.com slash store there you can check out all the cool t-shirts and mugs and all the stuff as well as getting your favorite shows on the Fearscape Media Network. Yep. Get all that stuff as well. But uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a couple, you know, just a couple drops that I put up recently. I've got um, an alien in a Bigfoot costume uh, T-shirt. Um, I've got uh, a zombie Bigfoot T-shirt. Um, you know, uh, 
Washington State uh, outline with the Bigfoot T-shirt. You know, so they got all kinds of stuff out there, and I'm adding some more. I just I just got uh, 50 new designs that I'll be adding out there soon that are more around 90s and 80s pop culture. So yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna put this out there, uh, listeners. If you're out there and you got some ideas for some shirts and you like to draw or you can't draw, um, send those into us at contact at theconvergenceenigma.com. And if we like it, we'll make a shirt out of it and send you one for free. That's yep. <laughs> that's a fact. And um, but yeah, if you got if you got an idea send it to us. I love weird, quirky ideas, man, or even just fun stuff with the names of our shows, or you want to draw yep. Josh and myself, whatever, have fun with it. Um, or you want to draw the Jersey Devil like uh, Santosh did. So whatever, whatever you want to do, whatever floats your goat, whatever floats your goat. Uh, but Josh, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Convergence Enigma here with Josh and myself, Stefan Gearhart. Uh, thank you guys. As always, make sure to check out the rest of all the shows at the Fearscape Media Network at fearscapemedia.com. Uh, and until then, this is Stefan reminding you to keep your eyes on the skies. And this has been Josh. The truth is now. And don't forget, folks, keep searching and keep questioning. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.